stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. And I, I, I think you guys can hear the horn. I'm not sure. I'll have to hear on the post-production of this. But what is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on the Twitter and the Instagram. And my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. How's it going, Mr. Clint? I am doing well, guys. It is uh, not Monday. It is Tuesday, but it is still a thirsty Tuesday here. So uh, welcome to Blue Heaven. Cheers and thank you to our friends at Jim Beam for getting us through another hour or the next hour or so of Dodger Talk on today's show. We are recapping Theo Albert's big day back in L.A. because that was a whole bunch of fun. We have our three big takeaways, which is a new thing and a thing we're going to do. Well, it's a new thing we're doing regularly that we did last week. Anyways, takeaways from the series. That's important. We got some injury updates, big injury news coming out of uh, out of Petco Park today. Dodger Stadium South. We're bringing back. Excuse my take. I think that's officially what we're going to call the segment. Excuse my take. We got the look ahead and a Hornito's final thought uh, a whole lot more. So before we get into the show, I got to remind you, this is a podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Pandora, everywhere your podcasts are available for free. We are there. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Doug. You can find the post game show there. Now you can find our other uh, blue heaven entities. You can find a whole bunch of content constantly in your ear hole. So subscribe there and don't forget uh, we are on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Subscribe, hit that bell, leave a like, leave a comment. Everybody will love you if you do that. We got, we got our boy Juice Narrows. Good afternoon, Kings. What up, Juice Narrows? Don Kim, a Blue Heaven Dodgers Nation day one says, what up, DNHQ? Man, it's going to be a great show. Lots to talk about. It's a great time to be a Dodger fan. Who else we got? We've got Brian checking in. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? I don't know about everyone else, but I feel uh, lost on Dodger off days like yesterday. You know what? For people like Doug and I, that was great. We needed a reset day. Um, you know, uh, Shalom, happy Rosh Hashanah yeah. as well. You so, know, taking taking some time off. Doing family. Like I always say, sometimes it's time for Dodger bedtime. You need to recharge <laughs> a little bit, recalibrate, and get ready for this stretch run. You guys got some big baseball coming up. Still nine games to play. Dodgers clinching that nationally number one seed. But yeah, sometimes you do need a little bit of a day off. But uh, I'm with you guys. I feel lost. Thankfully, there's football now, though. To me, it gets weird when it's the summertime and there's a day off. I have like yeah. nothing else to watch. But uh, <laughs> your hands start shaking. Yeah, there's no sports. Exactly. All right. This is the hardest man, uh, working man in in, uh, in the office, we'll say. Uh, if you guys didn't see it on our YouTube channel, he just dropped a fantastic bar guide video Doug in the wild in bars it's a good time if you guys like his bar guide drop an f in the in the chat uh <laughs> if you didn't like it drop a q in the chat I don't know what that means if you think he missed some bars we'll send him out there send us your credit card and also while we're talking about that let us know where you guys are representing Dodgers Nation tonight in the comments Daniel says there was no horn so I have to fix the horn by the way that's all I got get that horn going <laughs> But yeah, definitely check out that bar guy. It was a lot of fun. Still a little hungover from it, but uh, it was a good time. It was a great. He's time. been nursing that same seltzer for about three weeks now. Three weeks, couple sips a week. I'm chipping away. <laughs> I'm chipping away. But we got yeah, we got we got we got, we got uh, Red got in Las you. Vegas. Wendy Y. We got uh, Lev Killer is going to eat against L.A. Gary A. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I was talking to Clint about that today. How the Atlanta Braves are have the second highest OPS WRC plus against Southpaw. So that's a very interesting take that I'm sure we'll dive into, Gary A, but definitely something to discuss yeah. for sure. And there's a lot of left-handers in this Dodgers rotation for sure. And, yeah. and uh, Dave, Dave Roberts today said they're going to uh, be having Andrew Heaney in a bulk role this week so we can get used to that idea, which is further foreshadowing or alluding to the fact that hey, uh, this guy's probably not going to be in your starting rotation or it's optionality, which we know the Dodgers love. 
Uh, Kingsport, Tennessee is checking in here. Let us know where you guys are representing somebody where I saw it. I saw it. Somebody said they love the set. Uh, VSXJ over on Twitch loves the set. Thank you very much. We're still in the process of prettying it up, and we're going to do a lot more in the offseason. But, uh, you know, anyway, we appreciate the love always. Craig Osterberg, our boy, our pal in the stream. Hello, fellas. Hello, Hello, Craig. Craig. What up, Craig? <laughs> hey, man. What up? Craig's always rocking with this, man. Uh, you already got the Vegas in there. Yeah. Um, we got Jackson 209. We got Costa Rica checking in there. Let's go. Albuquerque's checking in. Camarillo. We got Luis Rojas. Daniel's checking in from Albuquerque, by the way. Um, Dodgers. Craig says Dodgers need to beat their little brother. Three in San Diego. We got a whole lot to talk about or a whole little to talk about. There's not much we care, I would say. I don't care that much about the rest of the regular season, to be honest. I think we know uh, maybe a couple arms will get, will be back, will be ready to go. But it is what it is uh, by that point in time. Uh, what another week and a half, two weeks? Vancouver's checking in. Whole bunch of stuff. Chatworth all over the place. Everyone's repping, man. Lots, lots of excited Dodger fans, man. It's a great time of the year. This is the best time of the year. We got Juice Nero says, I miss Mr. Gary Lee. Will he be back for the playoffs? You just missed him. He was here a few minutes ago. I'm sure we'll get him in the mix at some point. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got some great stuff planned for the offseason as well. That's going to be deep into, what, let's say December. Might yeah. as well. Because we're going to have, you know, we got a party for all of November. Several parades. Um, then the hangover period for a couple of weeks, and then boom, you start we'll making back in the mix for more sure. fresh content in there. But let's get into what happened. Let's get into the recap brought to you by GearUp.LA. Guys, if you're looking for merch and if you're looking for a way to support people like me, people like Doug, people like Gary, where maybe we could afford to, bre- to pay him and bring him onto the show, go purchase some merch at GearUp.LA. The big news over the weekend... I mean, yeah, Kershaw had a had a great start against a team that was important for him to have a good start against. Um, probably the best team, well, definitely the best team he's going to face, uh, you know, this month. Um, Albert Pujols comes back home to his part-time home where he hit 12 dingers, and he decided to drop two on Friday night. Take us through uh, that, that scenario for you. You, you figured it was going to happen with Heaney on the bump. It was set up for him. <laughs> Yeah, I think when you consider the fact that he hit home runs 499 and 500 in the same game, Los Angeles, it was electric. You said 500. Anyway, no, he hit 499 and 500 oh, gotcha, gotcha. in the same game I wasn't paying attention in the to past. And then, so you thought that, hey, this is a guy that once he gets close to make reaching that milestone, he can hit it two dingers. And you got Andrew Heaney, you have Phil Bigford. I said, hey, if you let, leave those two guys on the mound, he could be at 800 home runs by the end of the night. But no, great I think tweet. it was a great, great night for baseball because, look, Albert Pujols isn't just a great player, he's an all time great player. You talk about being just the second player in history to have 700 home runs and 3,000 hits when you talk about the longevity of his career. I mean, Miguel Vargas was two years old when he hit his first home run. Bruce Dark Gratterall was three. Justin Turner was 37. Um, No, I'm just playing. But yeah, I mean, for Albert Pujols to come in there, it almost felt like it was a home game too. I mean, it really did. The the environment, I like the little hug he did towards the Dodgers dugout. I like Dave's reaction. He was like, and then yeah, he yeah. he kind of forgot what team he was on. I know you did the post game after, um, and you you had some people questioning the uh, we'll say the integrity of that game. I heading into that game, heading I think we talked about it on Monday's show. I kind of questioned the integrity of of the game a little bit as well. I'm kind of curious if the Dodgers aren't playing for anything. Are they gonna are they gonna maybe groove a couple? I personally don't think they grooved a couple. I think they just threw their two most homer-prone pitchers out there. But what were you thinking? How did you feel about it all? And what was the what was the the state of the nation in the postgame show? There was a lot of people out there saying he rolled over that the Dodgers they grooved a couple, yeah. as you said. But look, if you look at the pitches, I mean Andrew Heaney he clearly missed with a fastball, middle middle like he has been for the last few weeks. Phil Bigford slider inside really touched the corner of the zone I don't think that it was intentional and if I'm any of those two guys and Dave Roberts goes to you and says hey won't you want you to serve one up for Albert Pujols I'm gonna be like well are you gonna give me some extra arbitration money you're gonna help me out because at the end of the day the two pitchers that have been struggling serving up dingers there's the two guys that served up those bombs so it definitely was not a 
a con job there by the Dodgers. They didn't groove any. He earned those home runs. I don't want to do anything to delegitimize those bombs. And also, look, I mean, I don't want to do anything to Andrew Heaney and, and Bigford to say, hey, you guys need to stop serving up dingers, man. That's really is one of the real issues there. Yeah. We, yeah, we've been talking about that for a couple of months now. It feels like uh, all throughout the network of shows here. Phil Bickford, is this the biggest moment in his career? I like, mean, is just, this it forever immortalized? And as we talked about after the game, I mean, now he's just one of four pitchers in the history of baseball to give up home run number 700. But you talk about some of these pitchers that are fighting for roles in this bullpen, in this starting rotation. You never want to give up a home run. You see the looks on their face. You just don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history. But it'll be tough for Phil Bigford to top that moment when you, when you see Albert Pujols making history. It might never happen again and yeah i think that it definitely wasn't a conspiracy come on now it's i mean but if i will say though if you want me to look at this like it's the zap truder film zap ruder film with the jfk and really put on the tinfoil hats if you're dave roberts you say hey we know this is going to be the story all weekend long right but if you're the dodgers you say hey why would you want to do it on a friday night if you're going to groove on do it sunday so people come back saturday and they come back sunday so no it was not a, yeah. a con job there. I don't believe that at all. Plus, you would want people to actually watch it. A whole bunch of people have no idea how to work uh, their streaming and how to work Apple TV. So exactly. I, saw, I saw a lot of comments on that one for sure. But um, And that's what I was saying, too. I was like, I love the fact how the last time it was Barry Bonds, the controversy was steroids. The only controversy for Albert Pujols was that it was on Apple TV. That shows you the difference between those two guys, Albert Pujols and Barry Bonds. Absolutely robbed of a of a potential Joe Davis call going That's throughout true. history. But more than likely, Joe would not have been there because Big Fox. So robbed of a Tim Neverett call, friend of the show. Uh, you know, would have been it would have been a nice feather in the cap for Tim. You would have loved to see it. I would love to see all the Sportsnet uh, coverage of that. But, you know, congrats to to Pujols. Uh, It was really cool. Get more into that for a second. But very important stuff here. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. So Scott Strong on YouTube just killed it with this comment because why are we talking about baseball? Hugh Jackman is returning as Wolverine at MCU. That that saved oh that made this day just so much more glorious for me. If you guys haven't seen it, wait till the end of the stream and either go find Ryan Reynolds in real life or on his Twitter account or on his YouTube, but super awesome. That is great. You know, Hugh Hugh Jackman will never ever ever retire from being Logan, man. And that's just awesome and that is exciting. But it needs to be here already. I think they said like 2024 or something. I don't know. Yeah. I forgot what it was because, you know, we've been in here doing uh, doing baseball. But what are your big takeaways on that? Go ahead real quick. Exciting. Exciting news. <laughs> it's what the people want to hear. That's what the people want to hear. To they me, wanna... I'm like I'm a big Deadpool guy. I mean, for me, when it comes to my movies, I need like I need cussing, blood and guts. Like sometimes some of the superhero movies, I need a little more from them. And like Deadpool kind of does that for me. So big Deadpool guy. Big time Deadpool guy over there. All right. Three big takeaways. You want to lead off? Or you want me to lead off? Uh, go for it, man. All right. Um, we saw something with this Albert Pujols moment that I feel extremely strongly in definitively saying we will never see again. There will never be another human in the history of this game of baseball to hit 700 home runs. How do you feel about that? Agree or disagree? I disagree. I really do. Because we said the same thing about Babe Ruth. Uh, Noel hit 714. And then Al Downing, Hank Aaron. We said the same thing about Barry Bonds to get to that number. And yes, it's unlikely, but I would never say never when it comes to sports, when it comes to, look, you're in a home run revolution. Aaron Judge, he's potentially hitting 60 plus home runs this season. So I would never say never. It's going to take a long time. And I don't think when you look at right now, I mean, second closest, you got Miguel Cabrera. I mean, there's really no one that's in the hunt when you look at the numbers. And I mean, you got some guys out there, Nelson Cruz, guys whose careers are going to end. You have Stanton with 375, Trout 
Trout with 346, Joey Votto. So there's no one coming up the pipeline, <laughs> yeah. but never say never. Dudes that can't stay on the field. Yeah. This is somebody that stayed playing for 20 plus years. Major League Baseball for 20 years in there day in and day out. He had, yeah, he had a couple of rough seasons with, with uh, foot issues and all that in Anaheim. He's still a guy who posted year in, year out, playing through elbow issues. Just He never had a, a 50 home run season, never had a 60 home run season, still gets to 700, has a chance to surpass it. I don't think it's going to happen again. I think the modern player, especially the modern baseball player, they don't want to play for 20 years. It's not what's the point of playing for 20 years? You know, you should be building yourself up to have a post-playing career. Uh, you know, at most you're going to play till 40. And I mean, you know, JT's 37 right now. And the idea of him playing till 40, it's, it sounds like, wow, that's going to be a lot, but Hey, you know what? He's still going to be at only like 130 home runs. Yeah. Came up late and all that. Anyways, that's just my thought. It's, I don't think we ever rare. see it again. It's rare. I mean, it, and I will take that to the bank and I will probably take that to my grave and I'll probably take it to everybody else's grave. We're not going to see another 700 major league baseball human home run hitter again. I think, I think you're probably right. But like I said, never say never. And it really just speaks to the consistency throughout his career. 13th round pick. You have a 13% chance just to make it to the show, let alone be one of the greatest players of all time. I just think it was so fitting the fact that the franchise that that made him fall in love with baseball again, brought his joy back to baseball. That's the stadium where he hit it at. So I thought that was very meaningful and poetic that it happened in Dodger blue. I love the fact that even after the game, he said a souvenir is a souvenir for the fan who caught it. Wouldn't really mm. care too much about that, but yeah, it's unlikely to happen, but I definitely, you look down the line, someone will show up another Albert Pujols at some point, but uh, my big takeaway, my first one, of course, is that Craig, Craig Kimbrell, Crumble. Craig Crumble is out as Dodgers closer. They have they are finally doing what I've been pleading for them to do for years, and that is that they're going closer by committee. Finally, it's, it's better late than never. It's better now than in the postseason when he could have cost them a game. They're looking Kimbrell swear for a closer option, and this was absolutely the right thing to do. I mean, if you look at first half of the season, we talked about, yeah, the BABIP was high. The strikeout numbers were impressive. Second half of the season hasn't been the case. I mean, he struck yeah. out 18 of the 103 batters that he's faced, not missing bats. I always say there's three things that are undefeated. The 72 Dolphins, the Internet, and Father of Time. And Fair. that is with Gontem. He just isn't the same pitcher. And to me, I don't think he belongs on the postseason roster. I truly don't believe that. But we'll see with injuries with Blake trying if he comes back. I mean, he's going to probably have a spot, but I'm just very, if you look at his, his, his ERA coming in the seventh inning, it's close yeah. to five, eighth inning close to five. So yeah, I mean, when it comes to Craig, when it comes to Craig Kimbrough and being the Dodgers closer, the Dodgers have let it go and it's over. So there is not a number in, uh, on Craig Kimbrell's ledger that says he should be on Sorry, there is one number that says he will be on and probably I should say probably will be on the postseason roster, and that is what 394. He has 394 career saves, seventh most, I think it is, all time major league baseball history. A record that probably will maybe be broken. That's what's gonna get him a spot. I don't think he is deserving of a spot because ideally you want somebody to come in who can get out, and that's uh hasn't been his strength so far this season. Uh, you know, it's funny that we did our our bullpen update show last week and it was immediately rendered useless because yeah. Trinan was out for like basically the year and Kimbrel's removed the next day, but it is what it is. And I, 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 I don't think we, uh, I don't think we we've seen the last of him, but I hope, uh, I hope you see that have. look that Mookie gave him after the walk-off when he was going, when he was walking back to the dugout in that no. picture, he gave him this look like, man, I had to bail your ass out. I thought I was done with you in Boston, but yeah, if you look at 27.2 strikeout rate, that's the lowest of his career. Mm -hmm. And it's just not getting it done at the end of the day. And the Dodgers, they're just better off going closer by committee. That yeah. makes the most sense. And that's what they originally were intending to do when the season began. And I want to say 
Andrew Friedman in Friedman We Trust, but a rare L for Andy F in the trade for Craig Kimbrell. And yeah. yes, A.J. Pollock, he's been a below average hitter, but you can't say that necessarily would have been the case if he had stayed in Dodger Blue. So a rare L, but uh, <laughs> Every- thankfully they did it before it hurt them in the postseason. Everybody's a below average performer when Tony La Russa is their manager. I'm yeah, just saying. there you so- go. They they finally freed the White Sox. Hopefully they have a good 2023 Tony free. Uh, I want to get back to pools for a second because I took some licks over the weekend for my strong stance, uh, intentional strong strong stance on whether or not somebody should give back a home run baseball uh, that is as meaningful as Albert's was. Um, apparently, again, people get really mad when you say you should give somebody back their the baseball they hit. What would you do in that situation? I'm just kind of curious. In that situation, I'm definitely saying, hey, you made $324 million in your career. Just give me, a, if it's worth $100,000, give me $100,000. Your boy got bills to pay, okay? Yeah. Spectrum, <laughs> that's like two Micheladas at Dodger Stadium. Bruh. I mean, come on now. But look, the reality is, that's why I love what, what Pujols said after the game, is that the balls are souvenirs. Souvenirs are for the fans. And it is his right to keep that ball. And you know, I love you, my man, but I disagree with you on this take because you catch a baseball. That is your property. His hands never even touched the ball. His bat did. Okay. But it's not like he's walking away, not getting anything. You know, there is an opportunity to negotiate, to get something. He could have got a lifetime supply of bats. He could have become Poulos' grandson. I don't know, man. Like, find something that you like. Season tickets for the next 10 years. No, yeah, I'm all for the negotiating, and hypothetically, I would want some dough for it. I want to hit the auction block and do something with it. But if it was me specifically... Doug McCain, I'm going to ask him for a five-hour sit-down interview. And I'd be, hey, hey, Dio, you want to say what's up to Dodgers Nation? So, like, get him to do all my reels, ask him all my questions, what's your favorite baseball movie? So if you want to be specifically, uh-huh. give me an interview, Albert Pujols, and that's your baseball. Or how about this? We can cut it in half. You keep one half. I keep the other half. But, yeah, I mean, the jersey to me is very significant. The bat's very significant. Yeah. And... I mean, look, let me ask you a question, though. All right. So that ball was estimated to be worth $100,000, which that's a lot of money, right? But the judge ball, ball, $2 million. You're doing the same thing? You're going to give back a $2 million ball for Aaron Judge? Or do you have your line? Do you have a a cutoff right there? I don't know. I mean, obviously, (laughs) I could sit on my soapbox and write something for the intent of engagement and pissing people off. In reality... I'm probably keeping that fucking baseball. <laughs> exactly. It, everything changes when you actually get it in your possession. Oh, by the way, I want to say, I want to give a shout out to the guy who caught it. My favorite pitcher growing up was Hideo Nomo. He was wearing a Hideo Nomo Did t-shirt. Get the Nomo? Yeah. Nice. So respect I, for that. You know what? The guy, the guy, yeah. he, he was, he was thrilled, man. You know, he, Dodger fan, probably a, a Theo fan. You know, yeah. it was, it's cool. What if he, what if way, he threw it's a cool it back? Moment. What if he threw it back? Yeah. What if he got the press? I know. I was waiting. Back. I was waiting throw for the throw it back. backs. Yeah. Yeah, I hear, I hear they gently lob it back at uh, Chicago. Call back. Hey, Eric, how you doing, bud? I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> no, but how about the fact that Zach Hample didn't catch it? They should throw him back, just all of him, just chuck him into the... Listen, as yeah. long as Zach Hample doesn't get the ball and as long as Moneyball Steve doesn't get the ball, I'm good. You're good? Okay. Yeah. What you got next? So next, I want to give a shout out to Will Smith. So Will Smith, he was my player of the week, hotter than the devil's armpit. He's a guy that is so underrated, so underappreciated. He should have been an all-star this season, and he's getting hot at the right time. The Clutch Prince last week went 10 for 24, hit a home run, hit two triples, First time at Dodger Stadium for him. Had 1148 OPS, and he leads all of Major League catches this year with 23 dingers and an 829 OPS. And I want to see more Will Smith jerseys at the Ravine. I've seen more Danny Duffy jerseys at the Ravine. Every time I see a 16, I get excited. Right. And then what number is it? It's, it's an Andre Ethier, right? It's an so, yeah, I want to see the Clutch Prince deserves more love. He is the best. And I almost get offended when people say he's the best hitting catcher. He's one of the best hitters in baseball, top to bottom, in my opinion, especially in a clutch situation. Yeah. So I dub him the Clutch Prince. So he's my player of the week. Want to show him some love. Will Smith, he is legend. Yeah, I mean, we throw back to, what, mid-season, where on a roundtable, we're asking who should be the cleanup hitter at that time. He was not taking it and running with it, but you stuck with your guy, and he paid off. It's working. Are people in the comments saying, and the joke in the comments is that there's never been a picture of Will Smith and me in the same room at the same time. Yeah, so. Yeah. Imagine Until that. we see that. You got real yeah. uh, Ben Verlander energy over here. Oh, yeah. For your brother, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like my show. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Important comment here. A sailed loner. I've never seen a Duffy jersey. Yeah. Neither is Danny. 
I don't think they ever made him a real jersey. He just yeah. had the uh, the blue just the hoodie. Just, <laughs> just, the hoodie to just practice. The hoodie. Yeah. That's all he needs. He's good. Maybe not in Arizona, but yeah, you never know. Get some. Um, oh, yeah, this is a hot take here. Steven Robinson says Judge isn't getting sixty-two. Wow, that'd be that'd be pretty tough at this point. If he's sitting at uh, uh, that'd be pretty Man, devastating. That would be a massive disappointment. Yeah, for baseball. you get so close. You got to cross that finish line at <sighs> and some point. If you point. don't get the sixty-two, imagine how much that affects your October. Because he's going to be, I, I, I imagine somebody I like thinking about that. But you know, that's just uh, that's just me. Uh, I think it's me right now. Uh, I really wanted to talk uh, uh, just for a second about the rookies making a difference, uh, particularly this weekend. You got Miggy dropping his uh, his first MLB bombski uh, career number one. That's really cool to see. He did get the ball back, and I like the the, the fact that uh, Mookie, Cody, and Julio all signed baseballs to get that baseball back. That's that's pretty damn cool. That's cool. Team effort right there. 699 to go for Miguel Vargas. That's pretty cool. And also, uh interesting note, fun note. I like the note. Andre Jackson uh earns his second career save uh in a it's it's a hard one to word. Second career save and it's the second time he had saved a 106th win for these Dodgers back-to-back years, three innings save. That's pretty damn cool. Like baseball, just it's funny. Like that numbers are fun. Yeah, that was great to see them go out there, continue to get experience. Michael Grove, got to give him a lot of love. Andre Jackson, Miggy, 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 can't you see? Miguel Vargas getting Miggy with it. I want to point out, should have been his second home run if that was at Dodger Stadium, the first one up in San Francisco, that cavernous outfield. But yeah, definitely great to see them. I think it kind of reinvigorates some of the older players, too, that are on this grind just to see the youthful joy of some of these players out there. So that was definitely great. My third biggest takeaway, though, is the Dodgers' success in the regular season. When we have just been spoiled by this current era of Dodger baseball, when you talk about the fact, 106 wins, three of the last four years, and that one year, they went 43-17 and and were playing at a 116-win pace. This isn't normal, ladies and gentlemen. Only the only other team with at least 105 wins in three straight full seasons was the 42-44 to St. Louis Cardinals. Albert Pujols was also on that team, by the way. And they won 106, 105, and 105. Only difference is that team won two World Series titles. So the Dodgers had to cash in, win another one. But I've seen people out there say, oh, it doesn't matter that this team's success or failure is all about the postseason. Their World Series are bust. The regular season success doesn't matter. It absolutely matters immensely, especially yeah. when you consider the fact that what happened last season, right? The Dodgers, 106 wins, but they didn't win their division. Thanks, San Francisco. And they had to go on the road to play an 88-win Atlanta Braves team because they didn't win their division. And what happened in those first two games? You had back-to-back walk-offs. You had the Riley, you had the Eddie Rosario. And those that was a very winnable series looking back. Oh, yeah. And that could have shifted massively when you look at the Dodgers having to go on the road. So clinching that number one seed throughout the NL is huge. And I just want to have Dodger fans out there appreciate that this is not normal to have this success year in and year out with this team going out there and playing the way they play, executing and posting each and every day. And hey, just like Kobe said, it's not the destination. It's the journey. We'll have plenty of time to agonize over the World Series. But, hey, just standing ovation for this Dodger team having another great season and putting themselves in the best position to win a World Series. Well said. That's why this guy's a pro. Make sure you follow him at DMAC <laughs> underscore LA. Learn from the best to the GOAT. <laughs> I love this guy. Can't take a compliment. It's great. But neither can I. <laughs> In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. All right, important things that actually affect the future of these Dodgers. We got some injury updates. David Price is back today. Speaking of Andre Jackson, boom, he's out. He's back to AAA. I don't think we see him again. He'll probably be part of the taxi squad like a few other guys. Hopefully Craig Kimbrell. Uh, (laughs) Tony Gonsolin pitching tonight at OKC AAA if all things go well. Hopefully gets a start. 
Sunday, Monday at the latest against that never-ending saga of facing the Rockies. Uh, important note on that, by the way, Catman is pitching on Bark at the Park night at Chickasaw Bricktown. So that's just awesome. This kitty has claws. Yancy Almonte, he's throwing. He he he's going to be back. I think it should be Thursday, possibly tomorrow, Wednesday at the earliest. Could be a difference maker now that you know this next guy, by all accounts, is not coming back. Blake, uh, Blake Trinan, the updates is or are you know we like I already said we had the update just after our our uh, bullpen show from last week that he sh- he was shut down for the weekend. Shoulders not bouncing back, and today he did an interview with uh, with the media. Doesn't sound too optimistic for an October October return. Quote: If it takes me a while to get ready to throw, and it takes too long to bounce back, it's not a very beneficial thing. Meaning for him, for the team, you can't rely on that guy. He says right now he doesn't uh, he doesn't know his status for October. I said it two or three weeks ago. It's time to move on from the idea of Blake Trinan helping in twenty twenty two. Where do you where do you stand on the Trinan situation? Like I said last week, it's a bonus at this point. I think at this point it's bleak Trinan as far as the Dodgers getting him back. And even if they do, it's going to be in a limited role, in a limited capacity. He's not going to be able to go back to back. You're not going to see him give an up down. And I think it's at this point it's good for the Dodgers to really stop kicking the can down the road. Yes, you want him back, and you're not going to have a guy that is as good as he is that performed as well yeah. as he did last season. You're not going to not take him back, but we're, we're in crunch time at this point. You need to see who's you're going to go to war with, and Blake Trine, if he can't get back in a timely fashion, they don't know what they're actually going to get out of him. I think it's time where you see, does Yancy Almonte still have yep. it? And then Bruce Dark Gratterall, he's looked great since he's yes. been back. Tommy Canley's look great since he's went back. So there's still a lot of dudes on this team that can get it done. But on the same token, they did just move Craig Kimbrell off that closers role. So if you could get Blake Trinan back and have him contribute in some way, that allows Evan Phillips to really use later in the game in that high leverage spot. So to me, I would love to have him back, but I'm not banking on it. Yeah, What do we say? The the best ability is availability, and you got to have some arms that you can run out there that you can trust. Uh, to actually get ready to throw in a game. And if we don't know if you can have faith in BT to get ready in a game and you have to scramble and get a Yancey or, or a Kane Lee who has his own injury history to deal with, um, it's just time to move on. That's that's where I'm going to stand. And I'd rather have a, a bad Craig Kimbrell coming in in the fifth inning than a trying in for one eighth inning yeah. or one ninth inning potentially in a series. This is my take. The biggest injury uh, thing that have ha- has happened since we were last doing anything here together as a group, Dustin May, sideline with a back issue. Uh, sideline for the rest of the season, regular season. <laughs> Very much cloudies up the, the, the pitching picture. He did have an update today, and that's going to take us into our excuse my take. Is that what I said? Excuse my take. That's right, guys. We're back with the uh, completely original segment where we have five, uh, five spicy talk- topics. Trying to read too far ahead. And we try to get our ports, points across in three minutes. We're updating. Now we're going to have, a, you know, we're going to completely rip off. Pardon the interruption. So don't sue us, ESPN. But let's get into the topics. Let's uh, dive into Dustin May. Lead us off on Dustin May. Set me up. And, you know, I'm going to set you up. He said he is completely confident that he'll be ready for the NLDS, but what is your level of concern for him and how it affects the rest of the pitching staff on the clock? So I think the difference now is, like I said earlier, we're going to have to recalibrate expectations for Dustin May. Yes, I said it was going to be Dustin Mania, Dustin Mayhem, and for Dustin Timberlake, it's going to be May. But I think at this point, instead of saying, oh, maybe we can get five innings, maybe six innings, I think you have to look at him as a short burst guy, a guy that goes out there, maybe two, three, four innings tops, and you see him in a scenario where you have an Andrew Heaney and a Tony Gonsolin and a Dustin May. The goal is to get those 27 outs. And I think at this point, it's similar to last year in that you know they have three starters for sure to start the postseason. But I don't think Dustin May, you slot in there as a guy that you can count on. And also, too, 
I mean, as a as a pure starter, and also the thing that really hurts me is he needed these tune ups. He, he needed really this repetition. I mean, since being back a four five ERA of four thirty eight FIB strikeouts 22.8%. Yes, he's filthy. He's nasty in certain at-bats and certain pitches, but 11% walk percentage. So the command just isn't quite yeah. there. You saw him give some key two-out walks. and But the bottom line is that if everything clicks, he has the best raw stuff. So oh, yeah. I still think he's going to have a massive impact. Last week on the show, I said he was going to get the final three outs. So I think that for to help my prediction out, that this actually <laughs> kind of helps that. So then you're going to see him go for more of a short burst guy. And I think that it's going to be a situation where you're going to see him with uh, with Gonsolin and the, and the rest of the gang there. Fully agree on that. I think I had him uh, as my ex- X Factor in a designated Twitter a couple weeks ago. He still has that opportunity to be an X Factor. And if not, I'm making him one right now. Chances were low that he was going to be a starter, a full-fledged starter in October. Anyways, the numbers played out to where it seemed like a worse idea. But if you're able to, uh, like Dave likes to say, pick a lane for him, kind of keep him in, um, you know, in the right run of hitters just to be nasty, and he's the type of dude where you you know with Kimbrell they're trying to stash him against seven eight nine guys, but you can throw a D May against the two three four guys. We've seen him make a fool out of MVP hopeful Manny Machado a number of times. And yeah, sure the the tables have turned a little bit here and there, but he's still a dude who he's saying the right things right now. You know he admits he's frustrated. He wants to be healthy, and I can imagine that after missing the better part of a year and a quarter you know, working back from a major injury like Tommy John, <laughs> the frustration hopefully fuels him to make a difference in October. And I'm, I'm also imagining that he's not going to be happy about one sitting on the sidelines in 2021, not helping this team and watch them fail because they didn't have enough pitching. And in 20, he wasn't that great in 20. Yeah. He played a, uh, an important role, him and Tony played an important role, but this is uh, this is this is makeup time for him, and I think he's going to find any way back from this. Hey, talk to the expert, Clayton Kershaw. He's the uh, he's the back injury expert, and that is the time there. Just a couple seconds over, not too bad. Nicely done. Next, <laughs> we're going to talk about the defense, the Dodgers defense. They were looking sloppier than me at a sa- on a Saturday night at the shortstop <laughs> bar from the bar guy, which you should watch over on YouTube. They were looking a little sloppy. Vintage Chug McCain. Yeah, vintage Chug McCain out there. The defense, like I said, sloppy. Seven er- errors last week. You saw guys missing the cutoff throw. They were, weren't turning double plays they should. You saw missed throws. You just... Clock. So, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the clock now. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So yeah, just to get back, in my I know point. you have the numbers. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Last week, if you look at this Dodger team, seven errors, and it just wasn't crisp. It wasn't celery like my man the D train Dontro Willis likes to say. And I, it was not just the errors because that's not what you look at. You look yeah. at just the overall not turning double plays when they should, not hitting the cutoff guy. You saw some baubles in there. Even Clayton Kershaw had one. So there just weren't sharp. And yeah, they look at the defense. I mean, got to give Joey Gallo credit making that game-ending yeah. play, uh, bringing that D, Joey Gallo, at the, the end Joey, there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you look at it as a whole, though, <laughs> according to Fielding Bible, the Dodgers have the second-best defense in all of Major League Baseball, 79 defensive runs, save that second behind the Yankees at 108. But over 65% of those have come with a shift and in right field. We know the Dodgers, the way they use the shift it's the best in baseball. We also know they have the greatest, the best right fielder in baseball in Mookie Betts. And if you look at this infield, they're below average, save yeah. for Freddie Freeman, who's a plus two DRS. Gavin Lux is at zero. But if you look at at uh, at Max Muncy, a little bit below average. Same with Justin Turner, Hanser yeah. Alberto. So the infield, even Trey Turner as Trey well. Turner's so not looked as good as we hoped. The infield is middle of the pack. So are you concerned? I'm not a big defense wins championship guy when it comes to baseball because pitching wins championships. Mm-hmm. But we also saw the defense play a big role for the Dodgers in 2020. Cody Bellinger, Fernando Tatis, Rob Job, Mookie Betts made highlight yeah. catches all postseason long so it's definitely concerning but the way i chop it up chalk it up to is just look i mean you got a team that's playing let's be honest irrelevant baseball when it yeah. comes to their overall goals now that's not an excuse yeah, that's it's more of an explanation but uh you want to be crisp you want to practice yeah you winning all, is a habit you don't want because if you start playing poorly then you practice poorly then you yeah you start thinking about it more maybe you take that into october where again defense wins championships 
sure the numbers haven't been super bad, but definitely like for me, the eye test isn't there. It's yeah. not celery defense for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's a sloppy thing. I mean, you got Lux coming back from a, a three week, yeah. almost three week hiatus with the neck thing. Um, not that he's been a major issue, but they're just they're missing some routine plays that you need to make in, especially in a postseason situation, because these are the best teams in baseball, even with 100 of the you know 30 teams making the postseason now. These are the best teams in baseball and teams capitalize on free outs. The Dodgers are point. great at capitalizing on free outs. And if they're the ones giving away free outs, you're not going to have a good time. So I think, you know, I'm hoping that break in between the regular season and the start of the Dodgers postseason is going to be crucial for Dino Clayton McCullough and the gang to take a breather, but then get to work there, especially on the infield outfield defense solid you need help on the infield will For smith sure. solid make sure he's getting those throws though the throws yeah those throws from the outfield he's Wesson. been a lot better this year but yeah there's definitely some some concern as Clean long as they just tighten it up yeah you'll be in a lot better of a spot moving on uh over the weekend or i think it was yeah it was over the weekend dave roberts officially announced tyler the outs creator tyler anderson is going to get a start. He didn't necessarily say he was going to start game three, but TA will be starting because quote, he's earned it understandably. So um, the numbers, as I hit the button here, the countdown begins there, there, the numbers are a little interesting. We'll say on Tyler, you know, the strikeout ball isn't there and you need probably more strikeout in October than any time uh, else. <laughs> I guess we'll say because you're playing bad teams in the regular season, especially the Dodgers playing a lot of bad teams. Uh, heading into Thursday, these numbers are pulled from uh, Fabian Ardaya, the athletic. Uh, whiff rate was in the 35th percentile, strikeout rage, uh, rate 24th percentile. Um, that's not his game. His game is soft contact and taking advantage of the defense. Defense that we just spent three minutes plus talking about being a little sloppy. So there are concerns there where if he's getting soft contact and they're hitting it to guys who maybe aren't in the best headspace, hopefully knock on desk here just to end this meaningless stretch of games, uh, you know, to end the season. Um, you need him to dial in that, that, uh, that change up. That's been a little wild, but uh, I guess that's a long setup to how do you feel about TA and where do you slot him in three, four, even five or, or whatever ends up happening with him? Well, like I've been saying for weeks, he is my number three starter. I think it is a tough spot when you consider his lack of postseason experience. And he's a lefty going up against that fierce Braves lineup potentially. But if you look at, you mentioned it earlier, he has been able to induce soft contact all season long. 80th percentile in barrel percentage, 98th percentile in hard hit percentage. He misses barrels. He induces soft contact. Also, he does get chased, and that's what he's able to do impressively. Yes, mm -hmm. maybe he's not getting the punch out numbers right now, but you do still see that swing and miss in the zone. And the key for him is having the feel for those secondary pitches. That has yeah. been the difference for him this season. Find that new grip on that changeup, added more movement. It changed the whole spin access. He kind of lowered the velo too. So really, anytime he struggles, it's because he didn't have the feel for that changeup or that cutter. And I still feel very confident in him. I really do because you know why? He's got that dog. Woof, woof, woof. No, but he definitely has that grit. That <laughs> X dog, dog off the charts. That, the X dog for me. It's like Craig Kimbrell. If you're comparing him to Craig Kimbrell, he Craig Kimbrell when it comes to trust, he gives me that feeling when you back up in a chair. And that moment of terror when you don't know if it's going to fall backwards, right? <laughs> With Tyler Anderson, he's like a nice, plush doughboy in your grandparents' den or something like uh -huh. that. It's not quite the comfort of your of your bed at home, anything like that, but still very comfortable the way he relies on his defense. But that changeup, if he has the feel for it, it's been a lethal pitch all season long. And I definitely think he has that grit and moxie to, to give a go for it. I definitely do. Got 10 seconds. 10 left. seconds. I'm going to go Tyler Anderson. <laughs> go Tyler Anderson. <laughs> uh, you, you're going to find better number three starters out there, but I feel confident with this dude. Yeah. He's riding high, riding up the best season of his career so far. He's going to feel good and he's going to take advantage of the opportunity this October because that's what I want him to do. Moving on. I think it is. No, now it's you. It is you. If we're, if we're doing, if we're volleying here, it is your turn. 
So yeah, the next one we're going to talk about is about Dave Roberts. So over the weekend, Dave Roberts, he doubled down on his World Series guarantee. They gave it an opportunity to maybe backpedal a little bit, citing some of the injuries. But Dave Roberts says, hey, no, I still feel the same way about this team. And I see people out there questioning Dave Roberts saying this, saying that that might put too much pressure on this team. Really? How are you going to put more pressure on the Dodgers? Put more pressure on a Dodgers yeah. team that's fully expected to win the World Series. And what is he supposed to say? No, nah, I think we're going to get bounced in, yeah. the, in the NLDS. No, nah, we're going to lose in the NLDS. Yes. Now we're going to get swept in the World Series. He's manifesting, right? He's speaking yeah. it into existence. Speak what you seek, as they say. And I think for Dave Roberts, that is who he is. He's a great cheerleader for this team. And I mean that in the sense that if things are going bad, Dave Roberts is the guy that's going to pick you up. And I think that he has shown so much belief in his guys. And that's why you see the Max Muncy's. Yeah turn things around you see the Cody Bellinger start to turn things around and a lot I think a lot of that has to do with Dave Roberts's belief in them and how loyal he is but I have no issue with it because you know what's funny if you go back and listen to that clip from Dave from Dan Patrick show from the Dan Patrick show way back when <laughs> he, he, hit, he hit the nail on the head yeah he said if the pitching stays healthy no one talks about that and you have to feel the same way I mean would anyone be questioning Dave Roberts saying that if they saw Walker Bueller healthy or Tony Gonson healthy along with all these other guys. So I have no issue with it. What's your take though? He said what you're supposed to do. And this isn't an era of bulletin board material anymore. So it's not like the Braves have that tweet, you know, a Dan Patrick tweet pinned yeah, on their yeah. damn, you know, well, bulletin board or put up on the damn mini fridge in the, the, the visiting manager's locker room, nailing this so far. Um, <laughs> I started out strong. It, 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 he said what he was supposed to say. That's what a good manager does. You're, you're going to try to inspire your team anyway. He answered a question that was laid out to him. Are you guys going to win it? Yeah, we're going to win it. The Dodgers win the World Series if they're going to win the World Series if we have healthy pitching. And that's, yeah. that's exactly what Absolutely. it is. And, and I mean, really, any team, just about any team, as long as you're not, you know, the Royals or... I mean, always, I guess the Orioles are kind of good-ish now. As long as you're not the Angels. <laughs> Great point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some bottom feeder. Yeah, yeah. It, you're going to you're going to hopefully build up a rotation that and and a pitching staff that you feel confident enough in to go out there and pitch for the next seven months and and get yeah. you that nice piece of metal. Somehow they've pieced together something that is a semblance of a, a decent pitching staff. It's great by the numbers. The numbers tell you that. I mean, anybody's always going to have, we'll always have, you know, we're baseball fans. We're, we're sports fans. You're always gonna have that reservation about your own team, but I have no problem with Dave saying what he said, find that way to inspire your team. And uh, you know what? Hopefully he doesn't look like a damn fool because and let's not forget what happened in 2020 after they won the NLCS. This, this is, is our, our year. year. This, this is, is our this year. This is our year. Yeah. Part two. Or part I mean, and you also made a great point, too. It's like if you're a bad team, let's say the other team he managed, the San Diego Padres, if he had said it, I mean, that's like him working out a tight five. That'd be like a stand-up comedy material. They'd just be laughing because no way the Padres could win the World Series. So, yeah, I think it was fine. I have no issue with it at all whatsoever. Our final topic, which it's supposed to be the fourth topic but you know doug's been drinking we're all good we're all is good. it <laughs> yeah yeah we, we we skipped one on there but hey guys breaking news cody bellinger's changed his swing again quote he uh he's, he made some slight adjustments as cody bellinger does time in and time out uh to his credit dave likes it but uh our friend michael duarte nbc la talked about the swing changes Cody Bellinger's swing path and starting point with his bat off the shoulder starting to pay off. He got some hits and got some timely hits, got some ribbies over the weekend. What you want to do, what you want to see out of him, especially against a team that has postseason hopes. Maybe somehow you find a way. I don't think they could actually match up, but I, I guess anything is possible. You want to see uh, him start to take off and him start to implement these things now because it wasn't working uh, for the month preceding all of that. So this is what Dave had to say. He's a lot more controlled with his body. And when you're talking about controlling the lower half of the body, then the head stays more still. He's controlling the strike zone really well, and he's taking much better swings and having great at bats. And that's a big thing. We've seen Cody stand tall, take his stride, and that head level drops. And there 
is when you're going to swing under balls or you're going to ground out. I mean, obviously he's more of a swing under, but you're going to ground out. How do you feel about yet another Cody Bellinger swing change? Do you think it's the right move? Do you think this gives him the runway through October? What is just your general feeling about Cody Bellinger and his new swing, even though it's the same swing, it's just a different approach? Yeah, I mean, he's looking more confident at the plate. He's starting a swing earlier. You're seeing some adjustments start to pay off. And the number I look at, too, when it comes to Cody Bellinger is ground ball to fly ball rate. And you're not seeing as many ground outs. The fly ball rate is up. The strikeout rate is down 18.8% his last seven games. 1,000 OPS. Leads the Dodgers with four doubles over the last week. So, yeah, when it comes to Cody Bellinger, that is the most important thing, is that he's going up there and he's at least making hard contact, that he's not just completely getting befuddled and striking out. And I think that these adjustments are definitely paying it off. You're already seeing it start to pay dividends. Like I said last week, once you start to see pumpkin spice lattes and you start to see the leaves change colors and you go to Rite Aid and you're like, wait a minute, is there already Halloween decorations? It's like July. Once you start to see that, you know Cody Bellinger is going to come alive. But I think my question is, why didn't, were these adjustments made earlier in the year? That's the million-dollar question. But, yeah, he definitely looks much better at the plate, and he's giving himself an opportunity to have an impact. And it's clear to me, you look at Trace Thompson's numbers, yes, the slug is still good, Yeah, but... He hasn't been as consistent. And I know that the Dodgers, they want to roll with Cody Bellinger because they trust his defense. If you can get something out of him at the plate, give him 265, give me an occasional extra base hit or a home run. That's exactly what they want from him. And it's playoff B. Postseason belly is definitely a thing. The fact that we're not seeing Cody starting against lefties as frequently is telling that we're probably going to see more of a platoon in the postseason. But, uh, you know, that's just what Dave does. And, could be the right call, might not be the right call. We know Trace Thompson isn't great against uh, left-handed pitching so far, but historically has been good or better against left-handed pitching. But we hope, you got to hope the Cody thing pays off. You know, Gary over here on, uh, Gary A on on the comments here as we bring back in the comments. Great, great stuff from everybody, especially uh, me. <laughs> uh, Gary A says, when Bellinger goes two for 28 this postseason, I want all the fanboys. Hey, if it goes two for 28, but two of those are like big, you know, key home runs or clutch hits, I'm kind of okay with that as long as they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> that, you don't, you, when you look at Cody Bellinger, it's the moments. It's the moments on defense. It's the big hit. But last season, he had a 907 OPS. He was the Dodgers' second most productive player. And even you see the wildcard game, the stolen base. He can do things other than just hit a baseball. He can steal a big base. He can make a big defensive play. But I think that headspace-wise, He's looking so much more comfortable, and I think he's hungry out there, too. The hard contact is up, like I said, and I think that once he really has that coming-out party game, maybe you see a home run and a double, Mm -hmm. he's a guy that's so dangerous when he gets hot, and I just really hope... I root for Cody Bellinger, man. I'm telling you that... I think some people say Kobe, Cody Bellinger is overrated. He's overhated, okay? And he's a guy that without him, the Dodgers wouldn't have won the 2020 World Series, in my opinion. Yeah. Made so many massive plays. And I just think that he's put himself in a great position to have a big impact or at least just play a role in the role that they yeah. want for him to play. He doesn't need to play the role of 2019 NL yeah. MVP. He just needs to play the role of somebody that can do something productive, on offense he he needs to play the role of of austin barnes right now you know like just barnes he's finding a way yeah he really is i mean he's having a phenomenal september but you know just stick with the plan i don't know he needs to be cody needs to be a difference maker to to kind of quiet down the haters and you know if you have a guy for six months and then all of a sudden he becomes a difference maker in october i guess you can kind of uh live with the fact that you're sort of I don't know you have a not a dead roster spot because he still is finding a way to help he's finding a way to contribute he's good on defense and all that not great not elite good on defense better than most um you find a way to just uh keep him in there and I don't know Jocktober worked I guess I got jam says uh, after 150 games he now realizes a change is needed man this kid has gone through so many damn swing alterations and alliterations and, and, and whateverations that you can imagine. I mean, you, if you just look back over, what is this, year six now, year five for the kid, how many times there's been something about an adjustment in his hands or the feet or the swing or whatever. It just looks different. I mean, he's trying something new in spring training. He's trying something new in summer camp. Tired of that, man. 
I think that's w- the reason for that, though, is because fundamentally the swing isn't where it needs to be. I think it's not the it's not even so much the swing because we know the swing is good. It's the setup and the approach and the attack because the swing produces. We saw that happen in October. We've seen uh, sorry, we saw that happen in 2019 and we've seen it happen in October. But when he gets wild, when he when he does the drop and he loses that that sight line, that swing is not in the right spot. And his if his hands don't adjust to where his eye level is, then you're going to not square up the ball. So the swing is good. It's the approach. It's the stance. It's the high thing. It's the leg being open, the stance being open, whatever it is. Find something that works, that is simple, and you run with that. Don't keep changing every little thing every well, time. When I say his swing, I mean in the sense that everything as a whole, when you look at the setup, when you yeah. look at the way – I think last year, I mean, if I were Cody Bellinger, I would go home and I would break down every piece of footage from the NLDS, from the series against the Giants in the game tape and against the the Braves in the NLCS. Because when his swing, I mean, to me, it's a hands issue. He's always late to the ball when he struggles. And that's the issue with him. Because when you can't cover all parts of the plate and they know you're at cold zones, they know where to attack, then they truly have the advantage. And Cody Bellinger's a guy that, at his best, he's going to crush mistakes. But... He's a guy that also can really, at any part of the count, take off and go deep. And we saw that mm-hmm. last year in the postseason. I think I think Cody Bellinger moving forward, if I were him, I would strongly consider moving the hands down. And Because when he gets dominated, it's because he's so late against it's a, pitches. It's a long yeah. swing. Very it's a, long it's, swing. It's too many pieces, too many moving parts to that swing. Um, and you really don't like to see that. I want to see that simple swing. I really loved that 2021 October swing. And mostly because, again, I've seen that side-by-side video. I think I think I talked about it before. Real Real Dodger Hogs, I think, is one who posted the clip of it. I don't know where he got it from, but it's a side-by-side of him and Junior Griffey and all of it, the same smoothness, man. It's a beautiful swing. You just want to see him right. I would love nothing more than to see Cody Bellinger right, but uh, I've been talking about that kid now for basically my entire time doing this, and a lot of it has been... Oh, yeah, he's struggling. Oh, man, he's changed the swing again. Oh, he's figured it out. Three minutes later. Oh, the swing is bad again. <laughs> so, anyways. It's the most talked about swing in Dodgers history. The most talked about stance in Dodgers history. Yeah, he, sure. didn't, he didn't strike me as a swinger, but, you know, you got to have a certain charisma. But it is, it is hey. what it is. Moving on, guys. Let's get into the final stretch of the show here. Here's a look ahead brought to you by... Um, Meineke. <laughs> Let's look ahead to the end of the season right now. So we got uh, one more blue heaven before we get into October. So we'll probably do, or I mean, it will be in October before we get into postseason play. So we'll probably do an official postseason preview sometime before the, uh, the thing actually starts. The division series actually starts. But instead, as of right now, is the time we're live and recording three in San Diego, six against Colorado, uh, sitting at 106 wins as of this moment. The next win is history for the franchise. You got nine more opportunities to win as many games as you can. Um, what are your predictions for this final stretch of nine? And how many? Let's do our, our final, final regular season wins total tallies. What do you think? What are your predictions? Well, as someone who predicted 107 wins before the season, I hope they win tonight and just throw the rest of the games just so I look like I was Doug Stradamus and I was right. But I think the way they want to get it together, knowing there is going to be that layoff after the season, they're going to want to play good baseball. They're going to want to set up their rotation and get guys right. I see them going 6-3 and three the rest of the way, ending up with 112 wins. That puts them right above the 1954 Cleveland Indians or Guardians. Sorry, don't cancel me. Uh, who won 111 games and right behind those 98 Yankees that won 114 and then also the Cubs and the Mariners. So I got 112 wins. Can't anybody believe I'm saying that? It's like when you score so many points at a video game, you're like, is that good? Did I break the game? I mean, just tallying up the points at the end. So 112 wins for me. Roach says we got they got them going 162 and 0. I don't think you got that uh, you got that right there. Ray is saying 111 wins. Also, Craig says 111 wins. So one shy of yours. Jason on Facebook says 110. Iris says they're going to go six and three. So that is, I believe that record you said because I'm bad at math. And she says you copied me, Dmax. So keep your eyes on your own homework. Uh-huh. Six and three seems fair. I I 
I can't imagine them trying very, very hard in that Rockies series. I mean, we know Freddie wants he's playing for something. He wants to get to that 200 hit mark. He he really is all looking at the stats that mean something to him as a player. Um, but I don't want to see a, a a devastating injury like we saw last year to Muncie that completely derailed or changed the the complexion of the postseason. I don't want to see another arm get hurt. And and that's not to say that if they pitch in that game, they're guaranteed to get hurt or they would not have gotten hurt waiting 11 more days or whatever the hell it's going to be. They're going to try, but I I do think they throttled back. So I'm going to go with five and four because why not? 111. I'd take that. Imagine before the season, if I said that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you would have had some interesting comments there. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Martinez says 110 at least. Kevin said he said don't cancel me. Trace Gallo season just got home. Says we're winning 115 games. Our boy Zed says Dodgers going 69. I mean six out of nine. nine. Giggity giggity giggity. See that's a guy. Yeah. that's a guy who worked there. I'm talking right about there. 110 for Ray. Uh, no no world no World Series wins. Ooh, that's that's a painful one. Wow. Yeah, I want the 112, and then I want 11 more, which would uh, take him to uh, that World Series win. So it's all about those postseason wins. But I do, I do firmly believe, though, that this team winning is a habit. They just win for fun at this point. Games when you think they're down and out, they want to just win. They want to perform well. They don't take at-bats off. They don't give out any free out. So this team, and I think that they also want to prove themselves. Like you said, Freddie Freeman still wants to put up the best season he has. And this team owes itself to have some momentum heading into the playoffs. Cause that is going to feel like the longest five days of your life after the regular rough. season, waiting for that DS. So you want to have that good feeling ending the season, but I mean, they play six games against the Rockies major league baseball. They're playing a full 600 games against the Rockies to end the season. So yeah, just, uh, you know, just, just call it a wash. We're good. Come on now. We don't need it. Let let Freddie get to his 200 hits and then just be like, all right, uh, forfeit, forfeit, forfeit. Yeah. Well, just imagine, too. I mean, there's nothing for them to play for, so to speak. But let's I, say they <laughs> sweep the Padres, put them in a spot where they have a one-half game lead up on the third team there in the wild card. What if you kind of bury the Padres a little bit so you might not want to see them in the DS, think, knowing they, Blake Snell's success against them, how well their pitching has performed lately? There's two schools of thought, though. I mean, I would, I would not be opposed to seeing the Dodgers uh, not throw their best pitchers at the Padres just so yeah, maybe they don't get another opportunity to see that. Yeah, they don't get this many looks. But, you know, we know San Diego has no choice. They got to go balls to the wall. They, uh, they're playing for something or they got really people chasing behind them. Um, there's still some stuff happening in baseball, still some stuff to play for. So uh, we got more coming at you here on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel this week. Before we go... My final thought brought to you by Hornitos. So guys, as we wrap the show, this is what I had right here. It's a, it's my little uh, Hornito sleeve. It's not a Paloma though, or a Perdomo. Before we wrap the show, I want to talk about uh, this. Cause I had one of those, I'm old, eye opening, mind blowing. I don't know if it's mind blowing, but it's just like, wow. Moments, I guess we'll say watching that Pujols game on Apple TV and, uh, the, the broadcast guy, I don't even know who the hell was doing the broadcast. He said, uh, you know, they had the, you know, the, the, the footage, the aerial footage of Dodger stadium. And he's like drone footage. And I'm like, we don't do blimps anymore. Do we? That, that just like was a glass shattering moment. Like you just always assume the blimp is going to be at your ballpark. And now it's a drone bringing you that shot. I mean, that was the ultimate fortune cookie. You know, it tells you're going to have a good year. And what are you going to do without that? I'm just I mean, saying that was, yeah. that was, that was, uh, that was interesting. Are, was the, it, are blimps really done though? Like, are they, I mean, why would you need to get a whole ass blimp when you can get a 4k shot on the damn Mavic? Hey man, I'm here for and blimp, I'll, blimp, blimp lives matter. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag free blimps. Yeah. Free blimpies. Is that a, here we go. Giving away free sandwiches. Anyways, guys, we appreciate you hanging out with us as always. Uh, fun times. Let's go Dodgers. Find us on the internet, dodgersnation.com. Read everything there. Read it twice from different browsers. It helps us out a whole lot. Subscribe to Blue Heaven on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Pandora, everywhere your podcasts are available for free. We are there. Subscribe. 
leave a rating, leave a review. Subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. Hit the bell, leave a like, leave a comment. Tell your grandma. It's very important that you do that. My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA, Twitter and Instagram. It's a good follow over there. Make sure you do it for all the latest uh, kicks, I guess we'll say. Every, every, whatever you want, man. Whatever, got, whatever you want, he's got, got it. Hey, Thank you for the comments. Shot. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for hanging out with us. We will see you in this format next Monday. Bye. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.